again, it's something that, okay, conscious decision, you're going to go for a walk. It's going to make you feel better. You're not going to um, beat yourself up and then try to go as, as viciously as possible to work out. So you're gentler on yourself. And I think that, um, that imposes less stress on your body and your mind. And overall, I think that that's in turn such a good approach Mm -hmm. to try to deal with those emotions because we are human and there's no way that you can approach everything perfectly. But having that peace, I think is very, very important. Welcome to One Thing in Common podcast. Today, I get the opportunity of having a candid conversation with someone who has seen me in my highest of highs and lowest of lows. She's been a constant encouragement in my life, one of the sweetest souls I know, and loves Greek food just as much as I do, if not even more. Elena was born in Athens, Greece, and moved to the States when she was 12 years old. She went to the University of Central Florida, where she studied biology and psychology as a double major during her undergraduate degree. She's now pursuing a master's in developmental psychology and psychopathology. Her goal in the future is to work as a clinical psychologist and support people who are struggling with their mental health, understanding each from a holistic perspective. Everyone, I am so excited to introduce my wonderful friend, Elena. Megan, thank you for this warm welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Elena, I'm so (laughs) excited that you are on today. So... One of my favorite things to do is go on long walks with you because we just talk about all things life. And one of those things that we are very passionate about is mental health. And, you know, both, you know, pretty much my whole story and you shared with me part of also your story. One thing that has really stood out to me up until this day is a couple years back, you took a social media break. Now you shared your story with me and I just find it so profound, uh, the impact it had on you. And I just love if you could share with the listeners, you know, what that was like, what led you to want to go off social media for an entire year Mm -hmm. and the impact that it not only, you know, had on you then, but how your perspective has changed on not just social media, but in life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was definitely, I would say, a huge turning point in my life because I think that I, before this moment, I had such a different perspective about social media, first of all. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but also about myself too and my social self. So a huge motive for this was just like this lingering thought that I always have had that was, um, am I living in this moment? Am I really living in this moment? Just because, okay, I mean, I was fairly younger, relatively younger, and everything and everything was your presence on social media and how much you got to share and how you looked and everything. So I definitely felt really um, not sucked into this, but I, there's no other word to say it. I was definitely, um, you know, consumed, (laughs) consumed, exactly consumed. And so it was, 
Yes, it was a New Year's break, Christmas break, and I just remember it almost being the new year. And I had gotten really sick that break, and I was just on my phone, scrolling and scrolling endlessly, aimlessly, just looking at people having a good time while I was not feeling good. And I just had a realization, and something told me, what am I doing? Why am I spending so much time looking at what other people are doing? And it's not that I don't care because I do. I am a huge people lover. I love people. I love (laughs) hanging out with my friends. But I just felt like it was, I was overshowered with information that was not relevant to me at that moment. And it was not making me feel good. So I... I just decided, I'm like, let me just delete everything. And, mm-hmm. and I went for deleting Instagram, Facebook, everything, I, anything, any form of social media, I just deleted it all. I just felt like I needed that weight to be off me. And I'm really, really, really glad that I did that. I just feel like I was able to have a clear mind again. I was not consumed. My time was not taken up. And I was, even in moments where I had nothing to do, I much rather, rather spending time doing nothing than scrolling and, and being preoccupied with, you know, business that wasn't mine, maybe was um, not good for my own mental health. Mm-hmm. So it went from being this motive of, of you know what am I really living in the moment it started with that then it went to um what's it called to me not feeling good while being on social media Mm. to me realizing how attached I was to that and so throughout the year I was I had the chance to disconnect from this attachment that I had that was a hundred percent natural a hundred percent natural because everything is a habit so I just felt like it was just this habit that I was becoming a part of and I was it was just um part of my daily routine and so after detaching from this for a year, at first I said, okay, let me do it for a month. But then <laughs> yeah. before I knew it, it was the following yeah. year. And it just felt really good to reconnect with my own self, mm-hmm. realize what I like under my own terms and not, not be so consumed by what, what, what everyone else is doing, which again is something that I respect and appreciate. And right now I'm on social media, so I am definitely in on it. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against it, <laughs> yeah. but I knew, but I knew it was good for me in that moment. So yeah. in a nutshell, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's it. That was the year for me. Well, that I feel like, I mean, I could definitely re- relate to that. And if you know, many others, I feel like can relate to that in some way of feeling that attachment, you know, I think it's like when it's interesting when you find yourself not doing anything, what do we do? We just grab our phone because it's, it's a habit, you know, what we do many times, it just becomes a habit. And so grabbing our phone and what do we do? We're usually opening up an app and what do we do on that app? We're usually scrolling. And again, social media isn't bad, obviously. And uh, it could be used for such so much good but in that season that you were in you realize like I don't feel good and it's not that I'm not good it's that this isn't making me feel good and so 
what's so awesome is that like, Elena, you went to the root of that, mm-hmm. you know, you went to the root of, okay, I don't feel good. And you know, if I don't do something about that, I'm not going to feel any better. Mm-hmm. And you took the necessary steps to kind of uh, get out of that and form new habits. And one thing that you said was funny that was like, you'd rather do nothing than just be scrolling. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's those moments where we're just relaxing. We're just still, we're just in the moment, whether it's outside on a walk in the park and, you know, we're not, you know, taking our phone out to take that picture, that video, but just to really be, you know, I feel like those are the moments that, you know, we will remember and we don't, I love pictures. So I'm not saying I don't like, I take pictures for sure, but sometimes it's nice to, you know, kind of have it away and, and things like that. I want to ask you, what did you learn about yourself in that time that you maybe didn't uncover before because you had so much time to really dig deep on the inside and learn more about yourself? Mm-hmm. That is a good question because I think that the reason why I call it such a turning point is because I think post social media fast, I just felt more myself. I just mm-hmm. felt that I was able to really identify what I what it is that I like to do what it is that I want out of a day and how important certain things are to me so I mean I guess the most profound change was how much I began to focus on school and on my classes Mm -hmm. which sounds I don't know if it sounds irrelevant or unpersonal but it was Um, It was very personal to me because I feel like I had never really connected with studying before. Not that I was ever a bad student or anything, but I just feel like it never was really uh, something that I enjoyed to do. So it it really allowed the space for me to, to take my time with studying, take my time with my classes. I did not feel pressured by due dates. Um, I'm not a, a great time manager, but (laughs) (laughs) But still being off social media made it so much easier. Mm. So I think that was a huge change for me. And ever since then, I've definitely been a lot more connected to what I want to do for the rest of my life career wise. Mm. And so that is invaluable in a lot of ways. And yeah, so it it had a lot of personal um, influence effects where I felt like, okay, this is who I am. I don't always like to go out. I enjoy my alone time. But also, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. I'm able to reflect on this now and, and really work towards it and not be distracted. So that was definitely, um, a lot, some of the things that changed during that time. I love that. You know, you realized kind of like what's so easy is that I remember one time you shared this on our walk and I was like, whoa, Elena, that was so good. (laughs) You said, (laughs) you know, when you just, um, when you shared that story with me for the first time and you, you said something along the lines of, you know, we spend the time that not, we're not doing anything, like mm-hmm. the time that we're just on the couch could be potato chips for me to be carrots and hummus. And we're snacking away and we're scrolling, doing nothing, seeing what the people, what people's highlights are. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely unrealistic because while we're doing nothing, 
you know, we're seeing what someone's highlight reel is in that moment. That may not even be it. It could have been from another day. And then automatically, boom, we feel less than. Automatically, we feel, mm, why aren't we doing that? I should be doing something with, like, I shouldn't be sitting down doing nothing. What? And then all these questions come up. It attacks our identity. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you said that, I was like, dang, now if, you know, I'm, well, I'm on back, you know, I'll be on back now when this goes off, but currently I'm still off of social media. Mm -hmm. But when I go back on, it'll be like, oh, now I know not to compare myself unrealistically because, you know, I know I didn't post my lowest moments on social media. Like I didn't share those things on social media in the moment I didn't. Mm -hmm. So I have to realize that what I see isn't always reality. Mm-hmm. you know, and not un- not knowing what that person may be going through, like just because they're smiling in a picture doesn't mean that they're happy. I mean, it could be, but sometimes it's not, you know, and I've, I've, I've been there before, you know? And so that was something that you shared with me. And I was like, wow, I've, I'll never forget that. So when I'm back on, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, like I may be just taking a five minute break and scrolling on it, but that's not a five minute break to make my self feel less than, mm-hmm. or, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, a break that I have versus what that person was doing in the moment. Mm-hmm. So that was really awesome that you shared me that I still remember. Mm-hmm. And another thing that, you know, we've both, I feel like have been on this journey together on, and I feel like for the last couple of years, we've talked about this, but more than ever this year on our walks, we really talk about it. And it's, you know, kind of towards the topic on eating and different things. Like we both are passionate about food. (laughs) We love food. We love Greek food, you know, and I feel like over the years I've, I've struggled with, you know, things like binge eating and others listening may, you know, could maybe relate, maybe not. I know that you have, uh, you know, sharing with me your journey. And I wanted to ask you, Elena, with someone who may be struggling with binge eating, um, because we can relate to that, you know, how are ways that we can show compassion to ourselves when we go through a season like that? Because I know times for me, I was anything but compassionate towards myself. Mm -hmm. And that was before I learned, you know, better coping mechanisms and, and how to get back on the right track. So what would you, um, you know, kind of bring us along that, that, that journey? So first, the one thing I do want to say is that this is not a professional advice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know about eating disorders, but I'm not trained to advise anything on them. And it's in, the experience with an eating disorder is different in each person. And I think what helped both of us was our experience was extremely similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, It had a huge parallel Um, time, like time wise. We, I believe started around high school for the both of us and headed into, you know, sometimes still now where we feel the effects of it. And so that for me and you, it was probably something that personally, I felt very helped by the fact 
of knowing that somebody else was going through something similar as me. I did not feel alone. And I don't know if you felt the same because yeah. during our conversations, there was somebody who could say, oh my God, yes, I do that too. Yeah. And we would be like, yeah, I track my calories. Yes, I do yeah. this. Yes, I freak out if I eat past 8 p.m. or, you know, whatever it was. And it's, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, it's a light, it's a more lighthearted topic right now, but at the time it was something that was so, um, consuming of our yeah. thoughts and our mm -hmm. emotions and personally it determined how I felt for the rest of the day, whether yeah. I was, you know, <laughs> tracking everything right or not, or I was eating all the right things, or I had to, to, um, have a little cheat day. So what I would say is that, um, you know, one day of eating something that's bad is not going to determine the rest of your life. It doesn't yeah. change anything dramatically. If yeah. you want to enjoy something, I think me and you say this a lot too. If you want to enjoy something in the moment, consider the circumstances, right? If it's a somebody's birthday or if it's a celebration or if it's a, something where you're surrounded by people, then don't allow i mean it's easy to say but difficult to do mm -hmm. but i think that a good reminder would be to not allow ourselves to worry over something that is not tremendously significant so for example yeah. you're eating something that has cheese in it and you're trying to restrict your cheese intake or your dairy intake okay you're <laughs> if you're in an event it's a happy event you're with people and you you're you're just really feeling it just let yourself be let yourself live in the moment mm -hmm. i think it has a lot to do with that too the, yeah. the controlling aspect of an eating mm -hmm. disorder is that you try to micromanage everything and that in turn generates a lot of anxiety so it's it it kind of reflects what you said about going to the root of a problem with social media also with eating disorders if you, you can kind of realize that the root of the problem is you trying to control what you're you're eating and so dealing with that controlling aspect of an eating disorder could be very helpful and checking in with yourself in that moment can be very very helpful and telling yourself okay what am i trying to control right now mm -hmm. am i really trying to control not eating this chip or how terrible i'm going to feel afterwards mm -hmm. that kind of helps and the checking in checking in aspect in that moment which is difficult of course but if possible i think it's where you can definitely um make a lot of change because we are humans of habit and beings of habit so the more we realize that sometimes it's okay to not control what you eat the, the more likely we are to practice that and carry it forward another really good thing to do i would say is have a social group or at least one person you can confide in because sometimes you can't even recognize that you're going through something mm -hmm. and you think that it's completely normal and you think mm -hmm. that it's good for you and that's how I mm -hmm. felt too for the longest time that tracking my calories was the right thing to do I had to make sure I was within this calorie range and only if I met, if I was within that range, was I going to be how I wanted myself to be. Mm. And so I remember some of my friends and my parents like really noticing how much 
I would obsess over tracking yep. my calories. <laughs> And they shed a lot of light on. Girl, how, I relate to that. <laughs> right? How much this is worrying, was worrying me for no reason. Yeah. And again, this is something that, you know, is a lighthearted topic right now. But once you're going through it, it consumes you. It takes over. So, yeah, I mean, having them tell me and then being able, once I was out of the pit of it being able to talk about it with you helped me a lot and being able to relate to somebody and hearing what how you felt about it and mm. you know it comes in waves too yeah. right because you feel more controlling when your body's not reacting the way that you wanted to mm. react and once you're feeling maybe like fitter or skinnier or whatever it is that you want to feel you start um laying off of that controlling behavior mm-hmm. And that's when I feel like I was more able to talk about what's really happening in the moments where I'm re- yeah. being really controlled. So I don't know if you can relate to this and I don't know what your exact experience, internal experience was, but I think it was fairly similar. But if you want to share too, I mean, I think it's a good time to no, <laughs> <open> de- up. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. You said so many things where I was like, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I think it. it's so funny because like, we like blind spots, right? We all have them as human beings. We all have blind spots. And it's not until like we either open up to somebody about it and they either say, yeah, we've noticed that. Mm-hmm. Or then those like, you know, come in kindly and say, hey, I've noticed this. But I feel like many times it's until like we bring it up. And I know I found that with myself uh, a couple months ago. I just, you know, had this night where I just like, felt like, you know, I couldn't control myself eating. I was just eating so much and I felt so bad the next day. I couldn't even go to sleep. I was up all night. And that morning, I remember telling my parents, I was like, guys, I need to talk to y'all. Take a seat. They're like, what happened? <laughs> like making it so serious. I look back now, like, what was wrong with me? Oh, no. <laughs> and then um, I was like, guys, I think I may have a problem with like eating and I could be like, you know, binge eating. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we can, we can see that. I'm like, really? Like I was so like, wait, yeah. Like I thought it was like going to be breaking news to them. And they're like, yeah, Meg's like, you know, like we, we, we see, but we just don't know what to say sometimes, you know? Cause um, also many times when you like, if for those of you who are listening, who may not be too aware of binge eating, many times we do it privately. Mm-hmm. Many times we do it where we're not around people because maybe we're at a social and we don't eat and then we go home and we eat all this food, right? And so for me, it wasn't really that. It was more of like in the moments where I felt anxious, my coping mechanism was let me grab something to satisfy this uncomfortable feeling and it'll be temporarily, it'll, it'll make me feel good. But if I keep going and going, eventually it'll make me feel horrible. Mm-hmm. And because you kind of get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so full. And if y'all know me, I don't like, I can't eat too much in a sitting because I get full pretty fast. So I, I like, I eat smaller meals throughout the day. Um, but you just get to this point and my parents were like, yeah, Megs, we, we, we kind of noticed that. We just didn't know how to tell you. We kind of were waiting maybe until you, you know? And so when I was like, well, okay, wow, I'm aware of it now. My parents have been aware of it. And I remember that day I reached out to a really good friend of mine who, uh, I was kind of like my accountability part at the time, but now with binge eating, it was just like 
hey, I'm really struggling with something. Can I call you right now? And I had no idea she had even struggled with binge eating, you know, because she was just kind of like my accountability checkup partner. She opened up to me about her story. And she said, you know, if you have a counselor or someone, you know, really recommend you talking to them about it because it gets to the point where you kind of maybe need professional help. And so I remember opening up to my counselor about that. And then my counselor was like, Megs, I struggled with the same thing too. And I still do sometimes. And I'm like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and it was crazy because like people that I look up to, people that I kind of am like, wow, like they've helped me so much along the journey. They went through the same thing too. And I'm not here speaking like I'm have it under like complete control and I'm never doing it again in my life. Like there may be a time or two where I may eat more, but the way I cope with it now, if I'm anxious, I know not to go grab the quick fix of a bag of popcorn or maybe that's ice cream, but I'll go for a walk. You know, I'll listen to an encouraging podcast. I'll Mm -hmm. phone a friend. Like I've learned the root of it, which was anxiety. Why I was feeling the way I did, I sat with that uncomfortable feeling. And then I realized that what I was feeling wasn't, it wasn't a tangible object. It was something in my own mind. Mm -hmm. And so now I can say, I really, I haven't in the last couple of months since that night had, you know, a binge eating episode because I've learned, I went to get the help that I needed. Mm -hmm. I opened up to my friends and family about it. I was able to open up to like for them to say, hey, I can relate. These are things that I've done that have helped me. And also making me realize that, you know, the shame and guilt that comes after that does not help. But me not knowing that because I'm like, oh, I ate all this. I feel bad. I am bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the difference between shame and guilt is, you know, guilt is feeling bad about something, but shame is like, no, you are, you you think you are bad because of mm-hmm. something. Right. And so I remember just being in that guilt and shame cycle. And now I realize if it happens, like you said, it happens, but I'm not going to fall into that vicious cycle because yeah, maybe I didn't control myself as much, but I'm, you know, we're not bad people and we're human beings. And, um, it was, it was so liberating because, because I was able to be unafraid to be vulnerable with those that are, that I trust around me, they were able to, you know, help me and shed that light that needed to, you know, uh, have counsel in. And I remember on your birthday, oh my gosh, girl, we had so much fun. And <laughs> I like, like, y'all look, I can't eat too much dairy because your girl will break out. And like also gluten kind of makes me bloat a little bit. So I try to, um, it's not in my everyday food, but you better believe this girl had all that cheese and all those crackers <laughs> and the cheesecake your dad made was the best one ever. It was so good. And I did not feel bad the next day at all, at all. I felt so, I felt great. Mm-hmm. I went for a walk and I was like, you know what? I just got more energy to go on my walk this morning. And I was able to like, but you see the difference in perspective I had of maybe a couple years ago, maybe a couple months ago, myself would have been, oh, shame, guilt. I ate all this. Let me go run because I ate so much versus now it's, wow, I ate a lot last night. So I have more energy to burn off. So let's, the perspective is so much healthier. Mm -hmm. I'm entering it with compassion. So that's kind of been my journey with, with uh, binge eating and and Mm -hmm. things like that. And just having a healthier relationship with food. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that um, stability translates that you, in the moment, since you're so much more peaceful about what you're going to eat, you're like, okay, this is going to be okay. We're going to eat this and it's going to be fine. Then it translates later on where you don't feel those, you don't feel the polar um, opposite of emotions or another extreme of emotions actually yeah. where it's like in the moment where you're trying to decide should I eat this should I not it's not an extreme emotion it's a peaceful decision mm-hmm. conscious decision yeah. later on the next day it's not another extreme emotion mm. again it's something that okay conscious decision you're going to go for a walk it's going to make you feel better you're not going to um, beat yourself up and then try to go as as viciously as possible to work out so you're gentler on yourself and i think that um that imposes less stress on your body and your mind and overall i think that that's in turn such a good approach Mm -hmm. to try to deal with those emotions because we are human and there's no way that you can approach everything perfectly but having that peace i think is very very important Definitely, you know, 100% to what you said with feeling peace. I feel like it was, I keep relating to one of our walks, y'all. We walk a lot and uh, <laughs> it's great. And one of our walks, you know, I think I, um, we were talking about when I, it was in that moment where I was struggling still with, with the eating. And I was like, I, I'm like, Elena, there's, I know it's a problem when like, I don't stop thinking about it and it's consuming my mind like a hamster wheel nonstop. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I realized where like I had to take, you know, measures and, and being less strict, not just with binge eating, but now it was like the calorie counting. Like I was so not for it. And then I was like, you know what, let me try it. But then that trying became obsessive of counting everything. And, you know, when I stopped doing it, my parents were like, Megs, we don't want to say anything, but think gosh, that, like you measuring everything. We didn't say anything. It was just very tedious and very, you know, like, hey, and if you're listening to this and that works for you, by no means I'm belittling that. If that works for you and that's what you need to do, then hey, that works for you. And I'm all for what works for somebody. You know, I'm not for any diet at all. I'm not for this diet or that diet. I'm for what works for you, what gives you peace. For me, and Ellen, I think you can relate to you. I think the counting the calories wasn't peaceful. If anything, it became more stressful. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I think it's been a couple months now since we really haven't fallen to the, you know, overeating, but also not counting things. And we've overall feel physically better, emotionally, mentally. And so a lot of times when we're not maybe getting the results that we want, it's because Sometimes you could be eating all the, and I, I learned this from, from a trainer was we can be eating the right foods. We could be doing everything to the T, but if we're stressed out and that cortisol keeps building up, your own stress can be hindering your progress. And when I heard that, I was like, y'all, my own stress is hindering my, and I realized <laughs> my friends and family have been like, wow, Megs, you, you know, like you just, you seem happier. You seem less stressful. You even like, um, just they can see it, right? They could see it in my face. They could see it in my body. Just it's shut it off. And I think it's that stress of not, like you said, controlling every single aspect mm-hmm. and just, we're not human doings. We're human beings, yeah. right? So like, let's just be. And for us, I mean, that's what's worked, right? Is, is just being, and we know our bodies, right? And so we've been able to adjust that to, to us. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was so good. Mm-hmm. I love that. No, I, I think 
this is this this conversation has come a long way and i think every time we talk it it takes it takes us one step closer to you know finding even more peace with this and talking about it definitely helps so if if you're able to talk to, about this with somebody anybody i think it's going to help a lot because it makes it it brings light to it and i think you've told me this too that you know you have to confront it within yourself but you also need to share it with somebody mm-hmm. share what you're going through with somebody because then it, it you have somebody to hold you accountable and i think that's the way out of a lot of sticky situations and situations that are not that great for yourself so yeah thankful for you for being <laughs> through this with me and yeah it it this conversation has come a long long way yeah it's crazy to think like i feel like just this year alone there's been so many highs and lows and you know you've been there and like i've said you've seen me at my like high points and my low points and just i really want to encourage um anyone listening that so much of the healing that El- ellen and i got was not from keeping it bottled up like it was from saying, hey, you know what, we're going to allow some people that we trust into our lives and we're going to share our struggles and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be very vulnerable because people are going to see my weakest points and, and you know, that's sometimes scary, right? It, it's it's scary to, to be vulnerable at times because, you know, we can be focused on the wrong things of how they're going to perceive us. But when we do it with people that we love, people that we trust, people that we know that aren't going to judge us, but they're going to love us through the process that's how we found healing. Like that's how people were able to say, Hey, like it doesn't have to be this way. Like you don't have to go through this alone. You, you're not the only one going through it. Number one, (laughs) you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. And there's, there are other ways to go about this and let's, let's start the journey together, you know? But I think it's beautiful when we can open up to each other and then, you know, it's so awesome how like your family has been able to help you through your journey. And I've been able to have help also from, from my family and, and, and counseling and also like seeing the growth, like you said, is crazy to what it was, you know, months ago. And, and it's highs and lows, right? We're not here saying we have it all together. No, we don't. But we're right. progressing constantly. We're getting better every day because we choose to get better every day. And, and sometimes it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But it's that perseverance, you know, that, that just, uh, we keep going to, to want to be the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So Elena, I want to ask you one last and final question before we end today. And that question is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell myself to live, to just mm. live. I always think of this. I always think, how did people live 100 years ago? Like 200, 300, I don't know. When, when we didn't know what everybody else was doing, mm-hmm. when trends were not as quickly developing as they are right now. I think of my grandparents a lot and I think of uh, any ancestor I may have and how the focus was in the moment, I believe. And working in the moment and living in the moment, and you really are part of this life. So 
I would tell myself to definitely live more in the moment, mm. to love a lot the people around me, mm. share my thoughts and share my feelings with those that I feel comfortable with and to not hold back because of any worry. Yeah, I would just say that and to connect a lot because sometimes it feels like we become insecure about whether we can connect with other people or not. Mm -hmm. And once you find the select few that you really, really have a connection with, I think it's, I don't want to say magical because right now we're getting into a fairy tale, but I would say it's something magical for sure. I think it's something that, you know, you can't find always. And it's what really makes each day special to, to be able to relate to other people and live this life with other people. And you feel like you belong. So that would be it. Girl. I love it. Y'all heard it. You heard it. Live, just live just be oh i love that i love you girl thank you so much for giving your time today and pouring out your heart and allowing others to just you know have a glimpse of your story you know bringing us through your journey of taking a social media break for an entire year and and seeing what that was like to you know the golden nuggets that you learned about yourself through that and also sharing your journey through binge eating and, and what steps you took to kind of learn from that experience and how to become better and stronger. It's very admirable and it was, it was so awesome and I adore you and I cannot wait until we go on one of our walks again very soon. <laughs> right, it feels um, so different to not walk and talk and just talk. I know. <laughs> It's like weird because we just walk and talk. Now we're like sitting still. <laughs> but I I adore you too. And thank you so much for, for inviting me on here. I really appreciate it. I don't oh. think I said it earlier, but I really admire you for doing this. And I'm very, I'm very proud to call you my friend. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thank you girls so much. And um, we'll, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye y'all. Bye.